Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church in Chicago. My name is Pastor Joel Hess, and it's my privilege to talk about Jesus and the hope and the peace we have in Him. Uh, please enjoy the following message, and if you like, uh, support the mission of God here in this area by going to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org. doing these things. Who gave you this authority? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's actually a really good question that they were asking Jesus as he did and said some pretty crazy things. I remember having the same question asked of me, and it wasn't here when, when I had the, uh, the um, whatever was here stripped down so we could repaint it, uh, or other things that I've done. <laughs> I was just a kid, and I uh, had three other siblings, and um, my dad told me to tell my sister who was downstairs watching Annie for the 5,000th time. I think I've told you something. I, I'm going to have a lot of these sort of stories, by the way, so bear with me. I had to tell her that, you know, Becky, it's time to, uh, you need to go and, I think, weed the garden or do chores outside or whatever. Of course, when I came down and said it, I just said, Becky, you have to do your chores now. Do you think that she believed me? Lauren, would you believe it if your kid, your uh, brother or sister just came down and told you to do something, right? You're not going to do it. You're not going to do what they say, right? I feel like this is also a Jeremy Megan thing, perhaps, as well. So she just looked at me <laughs> like I was crazy and probably said something like, who said that? Who told you, or what gives you the right to boss me around, or something like that, or don't boss me. So I went up, instead of telling her, well, dad said this, of course I went up and, you know, told on her, oh, Becky's not doing her chores, I had to get something in, of course. But then I came down and said, dad says you need to go outside and do your chores. And that made a little more sense to her. Not much, by the way, for Becky, but enough where she got up and did it. Makes sense though, right? By whose authority are you? Who are you to tell me what to do? We do this a lot in our lives, and I think today, in this day and age, who has the right to tell us what to do is quite a debate, isn't it? I think it has something to do with certain communities and, and uh, policing, you know what I mean? And this feeling that we can't really trust this authority, which is something we should listen to. What does that mean? Uh, maybe it has to do with authority as into the political race. Who has the authority to speak on these things? Who can I trust to be my authority on all these issues of our country? Right? Uh, people like to say a lot of stuff, right? We used to say logic, reason. Now I wonder if we say feelings. My feelings are my authority. Is that what it is for you, perhaps? Some people like to say science. I think one of the silliest things you can see is stuff like, I believe in science. Um, first of all, everyone, I believe, really thinks science is important. But there's no book that's called science that has all the facts in it. You just open it up. Well, this is what science says. It's a method of thinking, right? 
So what does that mean? But people think like that. What they really mean is, I believe people in white coats, whatever they say, I'm just going to trust. They're the experts. But we all have good and bad authorities in our lives. And, what the, and I would say this, you should question them. It's okay. It's the American way. It's all right to say by whose authority or by what authority you come to that conclusion, right? I want you to question today, authority. Ultimately, who is the ultimate? I'm not talking about little subjects of life. We have various authorities. I'm talking about overall your life. Who has authority you? We like to say it's God. But is it? And when you think of authority, what gives someone the right to say something to you? Think about it. What does it take? It probably takes a couple. Think of what, what, what would give someone the right to have authority over you? Maybe official election, right? This person or like a police, they've been put into this position to be in charge of these things and you accept that. Maybe it's a person's character, right? This person has just demonstrated they are good. And I can really trust because they have care integrity. A relationship, this person is my dad. And I will do what they say. What else might, what other ingredients do we have that causes you to allow someone to have authority? Um, maybe they've proven themselves in their actions. They back their words with deeds. You can trust them. You will let them have authority. Well, the Pharisees, the chief priests, they were the authority of Scripture, of, of, of Israel, of Jerusalem. They were the authority of not just the Bible. The Jews didn't see religion as just on one day or spiritual. It was their life. Every day, which quite frankly is what it should be, if it's real. And so the Pharisees and the chief priests had authority to teach what does the Old Testament mean, to interpret it in your daily life. They literally would say, you shouldn't mow lawn past four, you can before five on Friday, or just stuff like this as they came, it came down through the centuries. They had authority in that way. Um, they were the guy, they were the people in charge of what had now been evolved into a new religion called Judaism. And Jesus comes along, and what does he do? Before this episode, this questioning, Jesus had done a number of crazy things. First, this is all Matthew chapter 21, he overturns, I'm sorry, first he comes into Jerusalem on a donkey, on a colt, and people were praising him as the Messiah and the King. This is the guy. That's what they mean by son of David. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus is the heir of David. That's pretty rebellious of Jesus. Letting them say that and not saying be quiet. He was accepting their accolades and the position they wanted to put him in as king. Not crazy to say, what gives you the right to be king? And then later on, Jesus goes into, first he starts out, I'm king of, of 
the political situation, but now he goes into the temple in the same chapter 21. He goes into the temple where God's supposed to be reigning, although really it meant the chief priests were reigning. And what does he do there? He overturns the tables that had the money on it. He overturns the whole system of religion that the Jews were living in, you see. They were money exchanging, and it was kind of for good reason. Um, You didn't want to have coinage that had stuff like Caesar is God in the temple of God. That's kind of a conflict of interest. And so... The chief priests figured out, and the higher and all, you know, those in authority in the temple realized, well, we should probably have a money exchange. So when you come in to buy uh, a, a dove or something, do an offering, you can't use that evil Roman money. We'll give you temple money. And so they'd exchange it. Well, if we're exchanging, we might as well charge a little bit because it takes a little work for me to do this. So next thing you know, the temple's making a little money off the people who are coming to worship God and they're stealing a little money off them all in the name of morals and law and doing what's right. Jesus flips the tables over like he flipped their whole religion over. They had created a religion of you are here to serve God and go up the ladder to God and earn his love. Jesus turns it upside down. He came to show that God loves them. That God comes down to us. That God has mercy on us. And that's how Christianity and the true religion flows from God to us in mercy, thank God. But let me tell you, think about these things that he did. They're extreme, they're outrageous, and the things that he said. I am, me and the Father are one. He said crazy things. I want you to get into the shoes of the Pharisees and chief priests. They had every right to say, by what authority are you doing this, right? So they ask him this question. Jesus, when you ask him questions, seldom answers the question. He doesn't try to get out of it, but he actually tells you what your question should have been. Which we got to remember the Bible is that. It is not an answer book. It's also a, these are the correct questions book, as well as the correct answers book. So they ask him, by what authority are you doing this? And Jesus says this. Well, it's also good Socratic dialogue, by the way, as well. He says, I'm going to ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. Real simple. The baptism of John. From where did it come? Right? John the baptizer called all of Israel to come to be baptized because God was coming. And remember... The Pharisees and the chief priests came to check it out, right? To figure out what authority does John have to call people to repentance and to say these things. And they came toward John. Remember what John called them? Hey, you brood of vipers. What are you doing here? Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, right? And they probably just kind of like turned around. So they said this. So what, by what authority? The baptism of John, from where did it come? From heaven or from man? 
Just answer a simple question. Did God send John? Or was he making it all up? And this is how they dealt with this answer. They discussed it among themselves saying, well, if we say from heaven, he's going to say to us, why then did you not, not believe him? So we can't say that. We look stupid. But if we say from man, well, we're afraid of the crowd because the crowd loves John the Baptist. First of all, what other questions should they have been asking themselves or debating as they wanted to answer Jesus? By what authority did John do this? Two questions. Well, we can't say from heaven because we uh, didn't obey John, and we can't say from man because we're afraid of the crowd. Maybe they could have thought, well, what is the actual answer? Instead, what do they want to know? How can we politically get out of this and look okay? So instead of pursuing truth and being honest and even saying from man, having the guts to say that, they don't even do that. They're weasels. Because in the end, they actually don't want anyone to have authority except for themselves. It's not really a question about whether or not they believe Jesus. They're not really interested in whether or not Jesus really should be doing what he's doing, has authority to do it. They're just trying to find excuses to keep Jesus off the throne and themselves on it. Because they were doing quite well, right? They had, when you heard a Pharisee speak, he would talk about how terrible the Romans are. And the chief priests, oh man, we're being oppressed. Those terrible Romans. But when it came to actually doing anything about it, silence. Because they liked this position of having authority. Even though it was under the thumb of the Romans, they got to be in charge. They weren't really obeying anybody. They weren't really obeying God. They really weren't obeying Rome. They're really just serving themselves. Who has authority in your life? The answer should be Jesus. Jesus has proven it. He has done the things that deserves authority. He has followed through on what he says. He does miracles. He speaks truthfully and reasonably, by the way. Christianity is a reasonable faith. It actually makes sense. And it actually explains the world better than any other philosophy or religion. But more than that, he's done things. He's done ridiculous things even died and rose again from the dead. If there's any person, politician, philosopher, hero, sports legend, relative, who deserves to have authority, it's got to be Jesus. Yet we can be like the Pharisees and chief priests. We can give lip service to Jesus as king in our life but we really really actually want to be kings ourselves and so what we will do is we will finagle and weasel our way around it where Jesus is king but he's king over here in this aspect of my life not over here he's not king of my money 
He's not king of my passions. He's king of my Sunday morning for an hour. He's king of my, I love the word, my spiritual life, which is such a bad, 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 bad word. Because when we say that, I mean, technically it's not, but I think when we say that, we segregate and we compartmentalize. Oh, that's my spiritual life. This is my work life. This is my family life. That's not Jesus as authority in your life. That's you putting him in your guest room, in your house. And it's a nice guest room. It's the best. But he came to flip over tables in your temple and rearrange your furniture and not just stay in one room. And what's even worse, not only do we put Jesus in charge of some parts of our life, because we also have sins that we are like, stay away from these, Jesus, I'll work on these. I'll give you that stuff that's easy over here, or can I just have this? I get 70% of your law got, I'm doing it, but over here I got trouble with, stay out of there. Because ultimately, we don't want to be under Jesus' authority. We want him to be under ours. And that's all the Pharisees and chief priests wanted. They're fine with Jesus. Just come and hang with us. Get on our team. Remember how Jesus went and ate with sinners all the time? Couldn't stand it. Why? Because that's not our team. We want to tell Jesus what to do. We want to tell him what is right or wrong. We want to skip parts of the Bible that make us feel uncomfortable, whether it's about giving or forgiving or how we use our bodies or how we use our minds or how we use our stuff. We want to tell Jesus what we like or don't like about his words. But ultimately, if he is authoritative, if you actually believe that God is God and you are not, then when you read his words, the first thing you should do is, those words are correct, mine are wrong. And if there's a question of who's right or wrong, it's going to be you because you happen to not be God, if you haven't noticed. If Jesus really is God, then all of his words are authoritative and not just the words you like. I don't mean that simply in the law morality sense that I think there's a lot of Christians have a real problem because they really want to be the gods of their own morality. But I also mean that in the generosity and the giving and the loving. We want to choose who we should love, who we should be kind to. We don't want to sit with sinners like Jesus did. So is Jesus really the ultimate authority in your life. Often he's not. May we repent. Myself, ooh, I'm a pastor. And I want to run the church like I want to. I want to do what I want to here. I want to take the credit. I get it. Lord, forgive us for robbing you of your throne like those Pharisees and chief priests. So Jesus has this conversation with them. Poor, poor Christ looking at his people that he loves who can't even be honest to his face and say we don't want you to be king. They have to weasel out of it. But what does he do? This is the last week in Jerusalem. And a couple days later for those chief priests and Pharisees who reject his authority for you and me who reject his authority 
It does nothing to do with the reality that he is the authority. Your belief in Jesus has absolutely no consequence on whether or not he is king. Does that make sense? It's really important. He is. And he did what only he does. This king lays down his life for his people. You, me, the chief priests, the Pharisees. This one who has authority allowed himself to be under the authority of evil human beings. Us. And to be crucified for you and for me. And three days later rise again. Jesus is not authority in our life. He did not become king in our life just to lord it over us. His words are not simply arbitrary things just to make us do because he's king. But Christ is for you. And his words are for you. Both the law that makes us feel bad sometimes, just like when a parent tells somebody to keep their their hand off the stove... His words of law that tell you right and wrong are for you to keep you out of danger so you will be who you were built and made to be, let alone to keep away from something that ultimately might feel good but eventually will destroy you. And this king, his words have authority for you in terms of forgiveness. Who gives you right, who gives you, Jesus, the right to say, I am completely forgiven of everything? That, someone tells you something like that, literally Jesus goes around telling people you are forgiven of it all. That really, that really begs one to say, who are you to say something like that? That I'm just going to enter heaven and all that I've done? Jesus is. He has the authority to do that. To say you're absolutely forgiven. You're absolutely pardoned of everything. And who has the authority to say on the last day I will raise you up? The one who is risen. Has the authority to tell you. Like we're going to tell Rose in the next Sunday in Baptist. You're mine. You're forgiven. You will rise again. And the same goes for you. He has the authority to do that. And he does it, and he reigns for you. In Jesus' name, amen. 